Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Unplug with Annie. I'm continuing the series of Ignite and today I've got Alexander Theo on the show. Alexander is a London-based gay writer and performer with a Greek Cypriot heritage and comedy drama sensibility, as he likes to say. Um, We're going to be talking about his journey a little bit as an actor as a stand-up comedian and just what it was like growing up how this bug bit him and about the work he's doing now he's also very passionate about talking about mental health something which I love to talk about on Unplug so I'm hoping this is going to be a super special episode Welcome, Alexander, to Unplug with Annie. Thanks for being part of this. It's the first stand-up on the show. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's lovely to be here. Well, be in my own house, but be here in a sense of a virtual way, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Thank goodness for technology. Um, so you, you are an actor, a writer, and a stand-up. Um, how did all of this happen for you? What was that ignition point, and did it happen in that order? Um, yeah, it did happen all day. I started acting, I started doing acting from 18. I started doing it professionally. And then when things started getting more quiet, I kind of always liked writing, create my own story. So I started writing and I did my own show, um, at a theatre and it went really well. And I just got, started getting addicted to writing. And then stand up actually came around four years ago, four or five years ago, I started doing stand up. Um, and I just, you know, I've always loved making people laugh. I think, you know, when they laugh. But I've always loved making people laugh. I've always, I think it's a beautiful thing where when you laugh, you're you're completely present. You know, you don't think about the future or the past. When you're laughing, you're just you're just in the now. So it's just such an amazing thing to be able to potentially give that to people and have that kind of experience because when it's so hard to be in the now in the kind of society that we're in. But yeah, so yeah, it was like yeah, it was in that order. Weirdly enough. Do you have a preference in terms of, not a preference, but do you specifically enjoy one more the more than the other? And if so, what, what would the um, reason be for that? It's weird because I think it just depends on the project. So, you know, acting is incredible because you can, you know, I love the thought that you can actually use your life experiences and your emotions and bring them out with different triggers of different script work that's nothing to do with you, but you can use your own personal experience to bring it out, which is such an amazing thing. But it's very hard. It is hard, you know, to kind of book a job, an acting job where it's like, oh my God, this is what, what I've always dreamt of that makes sense in a sense of, you know, this role, my God, it's a big role, you know, the script's amazing, you know. So I think it's when you're, I'm in more control with stand-up. So I think, um, Mm, oh, it's hard. I mean, creating your own work, creating my own, I created my own short film in 2015. It did really, really well. And um, I acted in it as well. So that was such an amazing experience. Um, but Stan, I think mm, it's, it's really hard, but I would say the best feeling is when you're on stage making people laugh and you hear that roar, that roar of laughter. But then also the be- there's an amazing feeling when you're acting, you're totally in it. And you're just like, oh my God, wow, that was just, that was just so, I was so in it. I just forgot about everything else. I was just in that moment. But then writing, you go, I don't know. I, I can't even, I can't give an answer. That's why, that's why you do it all, I guess. Yeah, I'm selfish. <laughs> I want to bloody do it all. Yeah, so, well, I wrote, so I wrote a script, I wrote, what I did know, actually, what I did is I filmed 
myself improvising. So I thought of a script, I thought of an idea and I filmed myself improvising this idea. And what I did is I sent it to one of my best mates, who's a director now, at, um, a very well-known theatre. And she had a production company and I sent it to her and she said, oh my God, I love this. Let me send it on. So we went from there, we got a production together and we just had a, we spent a day filming and it was, um, it was filmable. You know, I made sure that, you know, everything that I write these days, I normally make sure that it's quite easy to film in a way of won't be a massive budget or anything like that. Um, so yeah, and we did it and then we didn't re realise the reaction. The reaction was amazing. It was such a, and it was a subject that I was, you know, incredibly um, uh, passionate about. It was about suicide awareness. So it was, that's what led me to like do speeches that's you know world suicide prevention day you know you know got down to like the last 10 people in the auditions for ted talks but i never got it at the end but you know and i campaigned a lot i worked with a lot of charities over the years so it was amazing because you know from my work i got to do something positive which was really really cool um but yeah do you, do you think it's like responsibility i'm asking quite a few guests similar questions in the sense that you know as wanting to be performers and you know there's a certain um amount of energy that we that goes into of course working on the craft but then we kind of have to wait for those opportunities to happen and do you think it's our responsibility to create them just like you did and do you think like the the, the ones who are serious about making it into a career you know they do take it into their own hands i think it's um it's hard because you know some people can't write and some people can't you know you know write comedy or be, be a stand-up and things so it, it's very hard when you can you you know you're just an actor you're a fantastic actor and you don't know what to do so i think the only thing to do in those kind of instances is to kind of be in contact with other writers and say hey do you want to work together on something and things like that to keep yourself busy but it's such a weird industry the acting industry you know and i think it's gone even weirder i think over the years i found it quite um it's very it's become more cliquey than ever in my opinion um i i feel i felt very invisible with acting i felt very invisible you know you, the, you get a lot of people that claim that they want to make a change for people and you know bring new talent in but really when it a lot of them it's it's not it's not as accurate as they preach if that makes sense yeah so i you know it's, it's kind of that mentality was like you know what two swear words f you i'm gonna do it myself you know so it's like um it is what it is i guess some people just have that you know you find the right agent and you get the right auditions and then some people you know like myself has never been given that opportunity to kind of really show my talent in the sense of getting those auditions constantly but i can't dwell on it i just got to keep going and you know finding different avenues and things like that and you know what else can i do what do i do now you know finding what focuses to put on next what do you do when you need to sort of feel inspired about writing and especially like you know comedy is, is hard i think um you guys make it look so easy but uh it's really not how do you what do you do to get inspiration you know when you want to write when you want to create these stand-up pieces um it's hard i think um to not uh, to find a purpose so you know to so say with stand-up i'm working towards my first hour show so that's a purpose there so i'm like okay slowly slowly i'm building it and i was meant to do it in august but that's going to be cancelled but you know i'm you know something to look forward to something to work towards um and just to not be afraid you know and i'm obviously i'm guilty of not 
you know, of being fearful. I'm very guilty of that. You know, fear is plays a massive impact of all of this. It's just about putting yourself out there and, you know, and finding your voice as a artist, you know, everyone has a, you, everyone has a particular voice as a stand-up comedian. You have your particular kind of ways and what you talk about and your kind of subjects. And if you talk about something, you'll always be quite similar to the way you kind of react. Um, so it's about finding that and finding that took me years, you know, it's hard, you know, cause you're, as time's going on, when you're growing up in life, your opinions change of things. You know, I, I, as a writer as well, I was, I, my opinions as a writer, what, what kind of, I saw in the world have changed completely to now, you know, there's just, you, you, you're developing as a person. So your artistry is developing as well. So it changes constantly. So I think um, it's just about just finding your niche and just working towards it, I guess, and just having a target and not thinking about it. It's very hard not to think about the end result. You know, I want to be this because it will make me be this. Just focus on just doing it and getting the work to a point where it's like, wow, you know, we're not going to ignore this. This is incredible, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, of course. And, and like you've done a lot of work on mental health, of course. I know that you've ra raised awareness. You've already mentioned. Um, I, I think it's an important subject for sure. And I think creatives really can struggle because I feel like we have to sort of self-motivate ourselves. And because we don't necessarily have a specific schedule and routine, all of that comes into it and it can create insecurity and, um, you know, the comparison trap. And I think because of social media now as well, we're constantly comparing ourselves. Um, like, how do you, like, keep yourself in check with that? Do you, do you specifically um, stay away? Do you, you know, um, avoid overconsumption of social media? I'm, I'm very addicted to my phone. I'm guilty of that. I've got an issue with my phone and social media. I'm very addicted to it and yeah. it's not good. And I'm working towards, you know, not to, you know, moving away from that because it's, it's hell, honestly, because, you know, you just feel like you're just consumed of all this, you know, you go on Twitter and just everyone's bloody moaning about everything. Yeah. So it's like, you, know, you just don't want to put yourself in that position anymore. So, I mean, I, you know, I'm guilty of, you know, having days where I'm in bed and doing nothing. I'm guilty of that, but most of the time I, I structure myself. So I will do something away from what I want to do. So I would go to the gym or I'd make sure I go for a workout. And what that does, it, you, you've, you've hit a target for the day. You know, you've got up, you've gone with your, you find, you find your group of, you know, people in the gym class and you will push each other. And that sets something off. It releases endorphins. So when you go back home, you have a quick breakfast. You're like, okay, I'm ready for the day. I want to, you know, do something productive. And yeah, maybe you might sit on the laptop and not do anything. But it's okay, you know, you just don't press yourself. Let, you know, your brain's a muscle at the end of the day. You've just got to give it time to kind of, but it's hard, you know, it's hard to self-motivate. What do I need to do? Do I just send, should I send emails today and just be rejected a hundred times? You know, am I prepared for that? You know, am I prepared to just write something that no one's going to read? But you just can't, you have to just keep positive and just keep going and just be ruthless. That's what you have to do. That's, that's all you can do, really. You're also from a Greek heritage, um, which... I have another question regarding that, but were you always supported when you picked this profession um, in terms uh, of family as well? Because I know being from an Asian background, I know it's always been a, a difficult thing for my dad to like get his head around, like, you know, why the hell have you decided yeah, to pick this? Yeah, yeah. It's true. I mean, you know what? I've always, I, it's, I've, I've, I haven't really, they've always believed in me, my parents. I think they've always supported me. But I've always gone out and done things. So if I've needed a job, I've always gone out and got a job. You know, I've got a job now. I work for a, you know, I've got a good job. I enjoy my job. You know, I work for Apple. 
Um, you know, it's a great company. I work part-time there. And I think it's important because when you're so consumed in the actual thing that you want to do, it just, you, it just gets too stressful. Like I used to work at theatres as an usher and then I used to just, you know what I mean? And so you're constantly in that industry and you're constantly seeing these things. So then it makes it worse for you. But then my parents have never actually questioned it, luckily, because I think I've always brought money home, if that makes sense. You know, I've always made money. You know, I've never actually relied. You know, obviously I've, I live with my parents and it's incredible to be able to live with your parents and not have to pay for everything. But I've never actually had to rely on them to get a job. You know, I've never asked them to help me to get a job. Whenever I need a job, I just go and do it. I bite my tongue, whether it's a job I don't like. I'll just, I try and just get through it and then until I find the next job. But that's the thing, you know, and you've got to do that. You've got to be prepared to do things you don't want to be doing, really. But as long as you have a vision, and that vision will be, you know, will overtake that. It will kind of, you'll have that vision. You'll be like, okay, I'm doing this for this, you know? So I guess that's why I haven't really questioned it. is like how you're, you're stressing on how important perseverance is so I think um sure and, and, and in terms of heritage that you do have as an actor then or even just in performing arts in general um because I feel like you you fall into a bit of an ambiguous casting and similarly I know that I've gone through those challenges um do you see it as, as like more of a pro or more of a con or is it a bit of both because I know it's just like figuring out that you know who you are, but it's about other people's perception of where they think that you would fit. Yeah, I think it's a weird one because I think growing up, like a few years ago, I, I shortened my name. You know, my second name, I shortened my thinking I might get more work like this. And I think the way the industry's going now, I think you have, the more you, you know, the more, the more heritage, the better, I think. But also it's, I, I never get seen. I never get, you know, I hardly get auditions. Maybe it might be down to agents and stuff like that. But I know when I have gone in for auditions for a particular, say, you know, um, say uh, for particular roles, I'll either be, it'll either be maybe a Greek role, which hardly ever comes, or it'll be a, um, you know, I'll look in the audition room, there'll be a lot of white blonde guys. So it'd be like, oh, okay, so I'm here, but like, what are we actually looking for? Are you looking for, because they think, you know, you look for white people and yeah, I can, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Caucasian, so, but I'm from Cyprus, so it's, it's a weird kind of like, I can play that, I can go and play that, but it's, am I this enough or am I that enough? You know, it's, it's, a, weird, it's a weird balance. You know, it's quite, I'm quite confused of what my casting bracket is, if I'm honest. You know? yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I used to have arguments in my agent saying, you know, I'd love to go up for Middle Eastern roles, and she used to say, I don't look Middle Eastern. I used to say, but, well, I've got my, my really good mates look exactly like me. Like, my country is half an hour from there, so... You know, it's basically in the Middle East, but you know, it's it's a weird one. There's just so much different, so many different um, opinions, and you know, I think hopefully more diverse. Hopefully, it becomes more diverse. I hope, I hope you know things happen. I hope it doesn't become a thing where you know, I think this, especially the UK, when you see a say a Greek show, you put on a show, you see a Greek show, you see an Asian show, and then someone else creates a Greek show, or Asian show, they'll say no, but we've had this, or they'll say we've had my big fret Greek wedding, and I'm like. No, but it's not my big fret Greek wedding. It's a completely different story. First of all, it's based in bloody London. You know, second of all, it's not as, you know, so it's, I think that, you know, and I think America's doing something differently. I think in America, I think they're really, you know, everything we're watching on Netflix now, most things is from there, you know, because, you know, they're doing different things. You know, you look at, you know, shows, I mean, you look at shows like um, Orange is the New Black, say, for example, incredibly diverse. Yeah. 
amazing female roles. Like the most, like char characterization was incredible throughout the whole season. It, it was amazing, you know, and you look at him right now, we're looking at shows like, which is incredible shows like Fleabag, you know, where that is our kind of thing. It was like, we made Fleabag. But then it's like, mm, okay, but you know, there is, you know, I mean, but there's a lot of people doing incredible things at the moment. You know, there's a lot of artists from diverse backgrounds that are doing amazing things. And that, you know, like Michaela Cole, what she's achieved, it's amazing. And her, her new show's coming out soon, you know. My, I've got friends, you know, my friends, plenty of friends that are doing it. You know, my, you know, one of our best mates, Mawan Rizvan, who's a, who's a um, comedian. He's making movements, doing incredibly well. You know, my friend Alana, you know, there's just a lot of upcoming people who are trying to make a change and bring, you know, things that we haven't always seen on TV to life. A lot of time like you know an overnight success isn't really an overnight success and I think like people wanting to break in have a different perception or people um, might just be motivated by the fame and like you mentioned earlier you know like the outcome more so than the process so how important is it do you think to enjoy the process because you are going to struggle in the process but um, obviously if it's just the fame that's motivating you I just feel like when you achieve it, it's not going to be very long lasting either way. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. I think, um, I think you just got to find peace with it and accept it that it's going to be like this. I think, um, I think it's a very hard industry and I think anyone that's coming, coming through younger who feels they um, aren't seen on TV and things like that, you know, it's proven that have people have broken those boundaries and we are seeing more slowly, but surely we are seeing more different um, we are seeing more different things on TV that we never saw when we were young kind of thing, you know. It's, it, it is happening slowly. I think, it's too, I think it's, it could be happening faster in the UK, but it's about, I think, just finding peace with it. You know, you put yourself into this industry, you've got to expect this stuff, and, you know, you can be... It's hard. Rejection's hard. You've got to just let yourself feel, you know. You've got to let yourself feel your frustration, you know, especially in personal experience, I feel, you know, times when I feel so invisible in this industry, you know, and it's just about, you know, just perseverance. That's all it is. Yeah. Know. What What are the kind of things that you see yourself doing or like, you know, a show that might be on right now where you're just like, that is the kind of work I want to do. That's what I want to be part of. Yeah, I love, um, so I love things like, I love, um, I'm a, I love Ricky Gervais. I love what he does. Um, I think, you know, when he brings humor and sadness into one, you know, you could, you know, you're sitting down, you're what you're cracking up laughing and then you're crying at the next minute, you know, yeah. that's the kind of work I really want to create. You know, I think it's, um, it's an amazing thing. And you know, what have I been watching recently? I've watched so much recently, you know, like a million, I've been watching a million little things. I think it's great. Tackle some great subjects. So it's mostly American shows really. I do love Benadorm. I still watch the old Benadorms now. I'm obsessed with it. Like whenever I'm down, I watch Benadorm, like the old, old episodes. Um, you know, it's just different. I mean, I, I love to create work that makes people laugh and cry at the same time, you know, not at the same time, but in yeah. one sitting, if that makes sense, you know, just, just different roller coaster. I think that's, um, that's the work that I love to create. Yeah. What would you have on the show? And I've, not, I've never had someone who just stand up and I find that, it's quite a niche in itself, you know, to be good at that skill as well. But for people listening who might be considering or like, you know, maybe 
budding um, stand-up comedians. Like, is there any specific advice that you would have to, to give them from your experiences? Um, well, I, I mean, I see myself as a budding comedian, I guess, still. But, I mean, for anyone that's trying to go into it, just to just enjoy yourself and have fun and not take it too personally when people don't laugh, you know, people are particular. You know, some people might find you funny, some people won't. And just don't be stubborn. Just, you know, really, really work. I just, I mean, just keep going. Like, find your voice for stand-up. Just keep doing it and enjoy it. And, um, you know, and just... Don't be afraid to voice your opinions, if that makes sense. You know, if you're quite a political comedian where you want to be quite controversial, don't be afraid of that. Just go for it. If you're kind of a comedian that does that kind of avoids doing, you know, going into the political kind of side of it, then so be it. Just be you and just, you know, that's the people, people can tell when you're not being um, transparent. People can tell when you're not, when you're not being truthful, you know. And because, you know, 90% of the stories are not 100% accurate, but there is some accuracy in those stories. So don't try and be someone else when you're going up. Just be yourself. That's the best you can be. Yeah. Do, do you think, I think, I'm not sure if I'm going to be totally the wrong person, but I think I, I heard it from Will Smith that, you know, he always says that you shouldn't have a plan B as an artist. Do you agree with that? Because then I think I've read so much, so many books, so many different people have said like, no, when you're a creative, you need to keep that day job. You need to, unless and until, uh, you know, the, the creative thing you want to do starts paying you more or the same amount as your job does. Um, what would your, like, what is your mindset in regards to this? Um... I mean, I would say, I would say, you know, don't be afraid to work and have a job because I've had to have a job. I can't afford, otherwise I wouldn't be able to afford. But always have that, 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 that will never be, that will always be a priority. The creativity side will always be a priority. Just right now, you're making money to be able to sustain that. Maybe you're doing part-time, maybe you're doing full-time. Don't feel guilty about doing that. Just make sure you find some time to be able to do some creative stuff, even if it's 20 minutes a night or something, just something to keep you going, because it's what you want to do, just, you know, have that vision. Will Smith, I mean, I guess, you know, that's his opinion, I guess everyone does, you know, the plan B would be, how do I get back to plan A, in my opinion? Yeah. You know, plan B will be, you know, okay, great, I'm in plan B now, right, let me just do this for a bit, then I'll go back to the A. So that's, I think, that's, the, that's, the, that's what I would do, if I'm honest. I've only been to a Greek wedding once, but um, I know you mentioned in the bio that you're a big foodie and um, the smashing plates thing, is that something that genuinely happens? Because the only time people see it is in movies, so I think they always wonder, is that like, is that a real it's, thing? Yeah, but it's not, it doesn't happen as much. It doesn't happen as much as people think, but um, I mean, it's different. I mean, sometimes at weddings they do it, sometimes at, um, at funerals they'll smash a plate and put it in the, um, on top of the coffin kind of thing. Just weird, weird traditions, but you don't see, I mean, why would we, you know, why would we break the thing that we have cherished the most, that holds the thing that we cherish the most, you know what I mean? Um, but it doesn't happen as much. It's such a stereotype, it is quite a stereotypical thing, but um, it happens, but not as much. Yeah, because I was interested to know what this significance is, or what it, what it was in the first place. Is there a specific significance? I don't know actually I think um it breaks the curse I think it breaks the bad luck I think 
And then when you do it, you're breaking the bad luck, you know, and because when, when I used to drop smash plates by accident or smash glasses by accident, they would say, espaces do gargon, which means you've broken the curse. You've broken the negativity. So might, it might be that, who knows? I don't bloody know. There's so much, there's so many things that it's just, you lose count these days. Are you, what, what can we look forward to? What other things that you are working on that, you know, you've got your heart set on doing? Um, so I'm doing my hour shot. I'm preparing, well, it's kind of on a, st it's stored at the moment, but I'm going to be hopefully doing my hour show at the end of this year, if not next year. Um, I'm going to write, I'm writing a lot. I'm trying to put things out there and I'm also doing a lot of online content or comedy content. So I'm like just seeing how that goes and creating different characters that I enjoy doing and just, yeah, going from there. Brilliant, brilliant. It was so good to talk to you. Thank you for taking the time out. Thank you for having me. It's been great. It's lovely meeting you. That was the end of an episode on the series of Ignite. I hope you continue to tune in every Sunday for a brand new episode with a brand new guest. This series is super close to my heart, um, being with fellow creatives, so I really hope you enjoy it. Stay updated with everything Unplug with Annie on the website, of course, and the IG page and Facebook page, Unplug with Annie.